Hi, and welcome back to Koala Moon, your podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco's here to give a warm welcome and fuzzy wave to the newest members of the club. Hello and welcome Carter Ray, Amalia, Roman, Zara and their new baby sister Kamla, Olivia, Ned, Nora and Emmett and Charlotte. It's wonderful to have you join us and to have read your messages. Keep them coming. Yes, we read everything. And although we can't always reply because of the tech, we take on board your thoughts. And it's for this reason that I know many, many, many of you will be delighted to hear that Susanna has written another story featuring your two favorite felines. Yes, the roller skating diner cats, potato and beans are back. Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month, and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. In tonight's story, we're going to travel back to the diner in the middle of nowhere, where Potato and Beans are having a day off. To keep themselves occupied, they travel to the flea market where they pick up a giant cooking pot, which turns out to have a touch of magic within. When Mrs. Pig uses it to make a soup, something amazing happens, and it turns into a soup of dreams. Gosh, I could do with one of those. Lie back and take some nice steady breaths as you close your eyes, because it's time for me to shortly begin. Potato and Beans and the Soup of Dreams by Susanna McLaughlin One balmy winter's day, when the sky was blue and endless over the plains, when the valley was cool and the cacti swayed in the breeze, Potato and beans stirred and yawned and arose from their comfy beds. It was a little later than usual and they had to stretch each paw and whisker and curl their tails to wake up. Good morning, Potato, said Beans. Good morning, Beans, said Potato. It was a Tuesday and that meant it was Potato and Beans' day off. Tuesdays and Wednesdays were the diner's quietest days of the week, which meant Potato and Beans had the day to themselves to do anything they wanted. On these days, Mrs Pig's nephew, a pot-bellied pig named Turnip, would don his roller skates and take over the front of the diner. He was a little clumsy on his skates, but otherwise did an excellent job at serving the customers and... He could even make patterns in the foam on top of people's coffees. The diner was just opening and Potato and Beans could hear the rattles and scrapes from below as the floor was mopped and coffee pot was boiled and Mrs Pig started baking her treats for the day and puzzling over her daily special. As for the cats, they had a different day ahead of them. Potato had seen a flyer on one of the cars in the parking lot the day before, advertising a flea market that was currently in town. 
At first, she thought it was a market for fleas and thought they would be much too big to see any of the stalls. But then Beans explained that a flea market was actually a full-size market selling all kinds of second-hand things and antiques. With that cleared up, the two of them thought it sounded like an excellent way to spend their day off. First things first, the two kittens ate a breakfast of warm milk and biscuits, then got dressed. Potato wore a hand-knitted purple jumper with a big star on the front, and Beans wore a similar one in blue with a daisy on the chest. They had been gifts from Ozzy the Octopus last Christmas. He had learned that with eight arms, he was a champion knitter and knitted everybody's Christmas presents in just one night. The two cats went downstairs, trotting through the diner and out to the parking lot, waving goodbye to Mrs. Pig, Turnip and Ozzy on the way. They hopped on their tandem bicycle, counted to three, and began pedalling in sync, zooming down the road. They cycled on the long, flat road through the desert valley for a while, before taking a left turn onto a pebbly path, which wound up into the mountains. They cycled up, up, up the dusty orange path until they were on top of a rocky hill and standing on its wide, flat summit. Usually, the cats would come here to look out across the sweeping views of endless open desert. But not today. Today, their eyes were drawn to the scenes right there on the hilltop. Hundreds of stalls had squeezed onto the hill, creating a higgledy-piggledy maze of billowing tent and gleaming hand-painted signs. Some stalls had tables covered in objects of all kinds, and others had trinkets and knickknacks spread out on woven carpets on the ground. Animals bustled from stall to stall, and chatter filled the air. Every now and then, a shopkeeper would bellow an offer from their stall, something like, Three doorknobs for ten cents. Or buy one music box and get two free. Potato and Beans stood next to their parked bicycle for a while, just watching the scene unfold. Every now and then, an animal would pass them to leave the market with their arms laden with objects. One grinning frog walked out with a harp slung over his shoulder, and a frowning raccoon passed by with a stack of vinyl records piled so high he had to stick his tongue out in concentration to stop them toppling over. Potato and Beans grinned at each other, then stepped into the market. The first stall they paused at sold clocks, there were cuckoo clocks with all sorts of interesting displays. One where a wooden fish would jump out of a carved pond every time the clock struck twelve. And one where a little mechanical mouse would scurry around the clock face in time with the seconds hand. Potato and Beans 
watched the little mouse run the whole way around, mesmerized by its little squeaks and its turning tail. There was a tangle of wristwatches, some in silver and gold and some with multicolor rubber straps and pictures on the faces. They pressed on into the market, stopping next at the canvas tent where a llama was selling woven furniture and colorful decorations of all kinds. He had curly hair and a lazy smile, and jewelry dangled from his ears, his head, his wrists, and his neck. Even his ankles were wrapped in plaited multicolored string. Potato was fixated on a wicker chair, which she desperately wanted to use as a scratching post. But Beans distracted her with a string of multicolored pom-poms before taking her hand and pulling her away to the next stall. The next stall consisted of large flat tables piled high with fabrics, clothes, old toys and furniture. A family of possums were rummaging through already, with the littlest sat underneath the table, rifling through stacks of old books and comics. One of the possums caught Beans's eye. Dive in, he said. There's treasure to be found. Potato and Beans began wading through the wares, plunging their paws into the piles and pulling items blindly from the bottom. Before long, Potato gasped. Beans turned to see her holding a multicolored pair of knitted socks that looked long enough to reach her knees. They were striped in rainbow colors, and on the end of each foot, the sock divided into toes, like a glove does for your fingers. Toe socks, Potato squealed, pulling a shiny penny from her purse and handing it to the store owner. Beans watched on as Potato tried out her new socks. Behind Potato, a glimmer caught Beans's eye. From the next stall, amongst piles of shoes, a silver metal star sparkled. Beans strode over to the table, took hold of the star and pulled it out of the heap. It was attached to the heel of a boot, not a regular boot, a cowboy boot. The boot was red and decorated with embroidery in the shape of cacti and stars, moons and hillsides. It had a pointed toe and a wooden heel that would clack as you walked. Beans had to have it. A small horse trying on some tap shoes looked at the boot in the cat's paws and grinned. Those are some nice cowboy boots. Then she frowned. But where is the other one? Potato joined the two animals as they looked around the stall. The boot was nowhere to be seen. It must be buried in the heap somewhere. As they looked, the largest stack of shoes began to wobble and shake. Suddenly, the small head of a mole poked out the top of it, 
and a little arm burst out of the side, holding a shiny red cowboy boot. Here it is, the mole said, hopping down onto the floor and handing it to Beans. The cats cheered and thanked the mole. From his apron they could tell he was the stall owner, so they handed him a dime and went on their way. Bean swung the bag holding her new boots as she went. The cats ambled down rows and rows of stalls. They ate sticky doughnuts from a purple painted food truck and feasted on tacos from a red one. They rifled through books, marveled at old-fashioned furniture and puzzled over ancient artefacts that they didn't know the use for. The cats were nearly ready to go back to the diner, but there was one more stall to check out. Right in the centre of the market, a collection of rugs was spread over the ground, creating a patchwork square of carpet, upon which metal pots and pans, ceramic plates and bowls, and wooden boxes and cutlery were placed. Some of them were ornate and old. Some were shiny and new. Some of them were decorated with tiny patterns and signed on the bottom with a flourish. Potato's eye was quickly drawn to a large pot in the middle of the space. It looked big enough for her to sit in and shiny enough to reflect her face in. It was copper-coloured and had ornate handles and a big domed lid. Potato took Beans by the paw and pulled her over to the pot. Would you look at this, she said. Imagine what Mrs. Pig could cook in that. Beans giggled. <laughs> she could cook an armchair in that, she said. It's huge. The two cats poked and prodded it for a while before deciding they would take it. They called over the stall owner, a camel wearing a suede waistcoat and sandals that looked like he'd walked all the way round the globe in them. The camel smiled knowingly as he took their dollar twenty-five, saying that they had made an excellent choice. Carrying the pot between them, the two cats manoeuvred their way out of the market and back to their bicycle, which was waiting patiently for them in the sunshine. Beans opened the basket on the handlebars and pulled out the tangle of bungee cords that they kept in there for times like this. The cats wrapped the bungee cords once, twice, three times around the pot and attached it to the bicycle in between the two cat seats. Then they hopped aboard and headed down the twisting paths towards the plains. Potato particularly enjoyed this journey, as she got to wrap her arms around the pot for safety, whilst Beans did all the peddling. Arriving at the diner, the cats hoisted down the big, shiny pot, carried it through the diner doors and through the swinging doors that led to the kitchen, 
wishing Turnip and the happy customers a friendly good afternoon as they passed. They heaved the pot onto the cooker and caught their breath, smiling at how at home the pot looked in the diner kitchen. Mrs. Pig and Ozzy the octopus soon appeared at their sides. Whoa, Ozzy mumbled as he waved his tentacles in front of the pot, looking at their reflections dance across the dimpled surface. Mrs. Pig beamed and swept the two cats up in a hug. Is this for me? she asked. The cats nodded from within the hug. Mrs. Pig released them and gave an excited round of applause. I could cook for a whole city with this pot, she said. She flicked the stove a light under the pot and poured some golden olive oil into its depths. Soup, she said. I'm making soup of the day. Ozzy had snuck off to the fridge, anticipating this, and now he reappeared, dropping eight tentacles worth of vegetables onto the chopping board. He took a knife in each tentacle and began to chop. Before they were swept up in this whirlwind, Potato and Beans padded out to the diner and took a seat at a booth where Zara the post dog and Sheriff Opossum were settled into a game of cards. The two animals snapped their last round of snap and gathered the stack of cards to deal the cats in for the next game. Turnip glided over on his roller skates, careful not to bump into the table and set milkshakes down for each of them before settling in besides them to enjoy a quiet moment watching them play, dipping off now and again to fill up cups and deliver slices of cake. As they played, unbeknownst to them, shining silver clouds of mist and golden sparks began drifting from the pot that was bubbling away in the kitchen. Half an hour later, Mrs. Pig skated from the kitchen, pushing a little trolley, topped with a ginormous pot of steaming soup, a stack of bowls and a ladle. Soon, the trolley was next to the group's booth, and Mrs. Pig had the ladle in hand ready to serve. Ozzy slid into the booth too, ready to taste Mrs. Pig's soup du jour. Mrs. Pig insisted she wanted honest feedback. She needed to make sure the soup was absolutely perfect before serving it to paying customers. She said there was no need to be polite. She was a professional and had grown thick skin over her many years in the kitchen. First, Mrs. Pig filled a bowl she had placed in front of Zara, the post dog. The group watched in anticipation as the Labradoodle raised her spoon towards her mouth. Zara gulped nervously, blew on her spoon, and slurped the soup from it. Everyone held their breath. 
Zara's eyes shone and widened in surprise. She stayed silent for a moment before looking up at Mrs. Pig. That's the best thing I ever tasted, she said. It tastes like gravy and kibble and chew toys all at once. It tastes like water from the lake and the treats I used to get as a kid. She picked up her bowl and drank it straight from the dish. Mrs. Pig looked confused. Well, good job, Mrs. Pig, Ozzie said. You made a dog's dream soup. I, for one, don't like kibble so much, though. So if you don't mind, I'll pass. Mrs. Pig frowned at Ozzie. It couldn't possibly taste like kibble, she said. It's the best vegetable soup I have ever tasted. There's nothing kibble-like in there. Please, Ozzie, try it and see. Mrs. Pig poured a ladleful into Ozzie's bowl. He raised the spoon to his lips, giving nervous glances to potato and beans across the table. He took a sip, and his eyebrows shut up. It's, it's, it tastes like. What? Mrs. Pig prompted him. It tastes like the sea. The other animals furrowed their brows. How could it taste like kibble and the sea? Ozzie continued. I can taste seaweed and salty water, coral and dancing bubbles. It's the best thing I ever tasted too. The animals' mouths hung open. Beans, please try it, Mrs. Pig said, scooping a spoonful into Beans's bowl. Beans was a little nervous. She didn't want to drink seawater or dog's kibble. But for Mrs. Pig, she put on a brave face and slurped down a whole spoon of soup. Beans's whiskers quivered, and she looked at Mrs. Pig with gleaming eyes. They're right, Beans said. It's the best thing I ever tasted. But it doesn't taste like kibble or seawater. It's so creamy. It's creamy and salty and sweet. All at once. Potato took Beans's spoon and took a sip. She licked her lips and smiled. That's right, Potato said. It's so creamy, with a hint of, oh, broccoli. Beans looked at Potato and shook her head. It doesn't taste like broccoli at all, she said. Oh, yes, it does, Potato said. I would know. 
Broccoli is my favourite vegetable. Mrs Pig had a trotter on her chin, and she looked deep in thought. If it tastes like broccoli for potato, cream for beans, kibble for Zara and the ocean for Ozzy, it seems the soup tastes of whatever its drinker loves the most. But how is that possible? Potato and Beans looked at each other for a couple of seconds, wide-eyed, before throwing up their arms and singing in unison. We found a magic pot. We found a magic pot. Mrs. Pig smiled a slow smile of realisation. She had a magic pot. She could make soup that tasted different to every animal that walked through the door. And they would all love it. The animals all laughed and cheered, and those that had not tried the soup licked their lips in anticipation. For Turnip, the little pot-bellied pig, the soup tasted like his auntie's famous apple pie, with whipped cream and custard. To Sheriff Opossum, it tasted like a fruit smoothie, mangoes, papaya, kiwi fruit and orange. They both agreed it was the best thing they ever tasted. Once they all finished two bowls each and had scraped their crockery clean, Mrs. Pig skated towards the counter and picked up a piece of chalk from the pot next to the blackboard. In her elegant, swooping writing, she wrote the words, Soup of your dreams, one dollar per bowl. By the end of the evening, her pot was empty. Ozzy lovingly carried it to his soapy sink and climbed into the basin to give it a wash. As he scrubbed, the water that touched the pot turned pink and bubbly and smelt like delicate rose. Once the pot was clean, he relaxed in his magical bubble bath and made a mental note to thank Potato and Beans once again in the morning for finding them a little bit of magic. Potato and Beans by this time would have been in their pyjamas. They'd have already taken their warm baths, blow-dried their fur, and extra fluffy and clean, climbed into their piles of blankets. They would have looked out at the window and smiled at the stars, then smiled at one another and bade each other a good night. Then they would have dreamed dreams of magic pots, magic pans, plates and bowls, magic ladles, magic whisks, 
magic spatulas and forks. In the sky far above, the moon would be smiling down on the cosy little diner, slap bang in the middle of nowhere, but as cosy and homely as the coziest home.